Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join in in progress. Heard of a man that was laying on his deathbed and he was literally just uh, days from about to pass away and he wasn't doing well at all and he was in his last moments and he could smell something coming from downstairs in the kitchen and he would take a big whiff and it was freshly baked cookies. You know that smell? That's fresh baked cookies. You know, you could just, you just, they're so soft and with all the strength he had, he flopped himself out of bed. With his last strength before he passed away, he made himself down the stairs. And he got in the kitchen and he could smell those cookies. He could see they were up on the counter. And he crawled over there with everything he had left. He reached up there and he's trying to get those cookies. And right about that time, a hand came and slapped him away. And this is his wife. Don't eat those. Those are for the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are for the funeral. Yeah, Ooh. that's the only that's the only joke I got for y'all this morning. Kind of kind of dark humor, but <laughs> I like those dark humor ones. I, I, as long as they're not nasty, they're dark. Usually I like them, but you know, amen. amen. I like dark humor. I guess all those years growing up watching Three Stooges or something like that. <laughs> Luke chapter 4, verse 16. And it's talking about Jesus Christ here. And it says, He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue of the Sabbath day. It was Jesus' custom to go to church. It should be your custom to go to church. Your Savior had a custom of going to church. And he stood up for to read, verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, which is the Greek way of saying Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Now after he stood up and read all that, everybody just stared at him. And the Bible has a lot to say about the way Jesus Christ spoke. When they went to arrest Jesus Christ, the temple priests sent their officers to arrest Jesus Christ. They came back empty handed. And they said, where is this man Jesus? And they replied, Never a man spake like this man. Amen. They went to arrest him and they got to listen to him and they're like, whoo, this guy can talk. They got to hear in the words of Jesus Christ and how powerful he talked with authority. And they couldn't arrest him. And they came back knowing they're going to get in trouble and said, never a man spake like this man. Amen. It was never a man was as big as this man. No, never a man was as strong as this man. No, never a man had a sword or a gun like this man. No, never a man spake like this man. That's why all their eyes are fastened on this man, Jesus Christ. Verse 21, and he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? 
See, the words of Jesus Christ are very gracious, powerful, amazing. But this morning, back up in verse 18, this morning, I want to preach Jesus Christ in a certain way. If you notice there in verse 18, it says that he's the spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointed me to what? To preach the gospel to the poor. He's a preacher to the poor. Look, he's a healer to the brokenhearted. He's not a healer to the blind. He's not a healer to the sick. He's a healer to the brokenhearted. Guys, we need a healer for the brokenhearted. We need people. There's people that are brokenhearted. There's people that are physically fit. They can run a hundred miles. There's people that can bench press 300 pounds. There's people that can do anything they want to do physically. And they're brokenhearted. They need Jesus Christ. They need a healer of the brokenhearted. There's people that are got no legs that are healed by Jesus Christ to have a whole lot more joy and peace than some man that can run a hundred miles. It's all about your heart, guys. The world needs somebody that can heal the brokenhearted. And it says he can preach deliverance to the captives. And he's a, he's a deliverer to the captives. He's a recoverer of the blind, liberator of the bruised. But this morning I want to preach about Jesus Christ, the deliverer. It says to preach deliverance to the captives. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is a deliverer to the captives. And I want to preach Jesus Christ as a deliverer. Jesus Christ is a lot of things. Jesus Christ is a hundred things. You can't name all the different things Jesus Christ is. But this morning, I want to focus on him being a deliverer. Jesus Christ is a deliverer to the captives. And you got to understand, you're captive without Jesus Christ. You're in bondage without Jesus Christ. You're under a curse without Jesus Christ. You might not even realize it, but you're a captive without Jesus Christ. I'm so happy and glad that Jesus Christ came by and released me and freed me and delivered me. That's the Savior I know. My Savior is a deliverer. And the problem is, is we got these people that come along and they say, well, this guy is a, is a teacher and he's a, he's a Messiah and he's a Christ. And they name these different people. And you hear me name them all the time, Buddha, Muhammad and all that. But you got to understand, what did they do for anybody? And that's what you got to really focus on. You got to say, well, did Jesus Christ, was he a deliverer? And you say, amen. But was Muhammad a deliverer? No. Was Buddha a deliverer of anything? No. That's what makes your Savior special. We don't just get up here and sing about Jesus Christ because we picked him out of a lineup of people. We sing about Jesus Christ because he came and delivered me. (laughs) That's why I preach Jesus Christ. And if Buddha would have came and delivered Brother Keegan, Keegan would be up here preaching Buddha. If Muhammad would have came by and delivered me from my sins, I'd be preaching about Muhammad. But I'm up here preaching Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ delivered Brother Keegan. And that's why I preach him. No other reason. No other reason. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Let's look at some of the things that Jesus Christ delivers you from. If I'm going to call him a deliverer, but I got to show you what he's delivered you from. Man, you got to grab a hold about how special Jesus Christ is. <laughs> you got to grab a hold of that. Don't let them fool you into making him think, think he's just part of this other group of messiahs or deliverers or avatars or whatever. They're a bunch of liars. You got, he, he stands above and beyond everybody else. You want, a re- you want a savior? You want somebody who's a savior for your soul? Let me give you the resume of Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's a healer of the brokenhearted. He's a deliverer of the captive. He liberates those that are bruised. He's all those things. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins. Whose sins? Your sins. He gave himself for your sins. <laughs> That's what makes him special. Jesus Christ gave himself 
for you. Amen. That he might deliver us. There's a deliverer from what? From this present evil world. According to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ is a deliverer for you from this present evil world. Now guys, I could preach on this for about two hours. So I'm going to hit this a couple of minutes. Is it not obvious to you that this world is evil? <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go deep into that. Paul was preaching this 2,000 years ago. And he said, this present world is evil. Can you imagine what he would say today? Woo! If that present world was evil, how much more is our world evil to us? It, it's so wicked, guys. You don't need me to tell you how wicked this is. This world is so evil. Jesus Christ, he, he's going to deliver you from that. Amen. See, because see, when you're living in this world, it's so evil. And you, you know what happens? No hope. Come on, get real. There's no hope for this thing. It's shot. They sit around and they talk for, they talk for how many hours a day on talk radio about how they're going to fix this. And there's nothing fixed. There's no hope. But Jesus Christ delivered you from this hopeless world. Amen. He delivered you for, to a better world to come. See, if you're going to be delivered, that means he's going to take you and put you into something else. He delivers us from this present evil world to give us a better world to come. Amen. Amen. That's why it's so easy for me to grab a hold of my mom being up in heaven and my loved ones being up in heaven. Because see, I don't want them to be down in this present evil world. And it's a lot better. It's a, it gives me a lot of peace and joy to meditate on. Hey, my mom's in a thousand times better place. A million times better place. And I start meditating on that. Now, you know what I start meditating on? That's where I want to be. I want to be up. I, I, I'm ready to head up that way. I don't want to stay down here. And thanks to Jesus Christ, I've got a way to get away from this present year. He delivered me. The world wants a deliverer. The world loves deliverers. They have different names to put on them. The Bible puts on them a deliverer. You know what we put on them? We put on them heroes. That's what a hero does, right? A hero comes in and there's somebody in distress and a hero comes in and delivers them because they're captive of the evil villain. Comes in and delivers them out and they're the hero. When I was growing up, there, there was cartoons right and left on TV. That it's all about heroes. It was, here I come to save the day. Mighty Mouse. Or one of my favorite, there's no need to fear, underdog is here. Or Super Chicken. Super Chicken. Even in the 80s, we had the movies. And in the 80s and the movies, almost all of them were action movies. And they're all about deliverers, about heroes going in to save somebody who's captive down in the Vietnam jungle. Chuck Norris made his career off movies like that. And he'd come in, you know, Chuck Norris come in, the baddest man on the planet. And Chuck Norris is a, is a born-again Christian, a very good Christian. Chuck Norris is a very good Christian. And I would vote for Chuck Norris for president if he'd ever run. But they would never run, let him run. But he'd come in with a gun, and Chuck Norris would come in with a gun. If y'all have ever seen those movies, and he'd always have, it looked like he just got through working out about 14 hours in the gym. Veins popping out everywhere, and he had the, the, the belt wrapped around, the machine gun belt right there. <laughs> He's showing and everything. And there was Delta Force 1, Delta Force 2, Delta Force 3, Mission Action 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Mission Action 7, 8. I don't know, I can't go up that high. But the world loves those kind of movies. And today it's superheroes, it's Avengers, it's Iron Man, it's Thor. It's all these people that are heroes. The world needs deliverers. But let me tell you something. Chuck Norris, as great as he was in those movies, and when I was a little kid, man, I admired him. You know, the big old gun, and there's no Chuck Norris. and he's a, 
This machine gun's not going to save you. The stuff you need to be delivered from, you're not going to be delivered from with a machine gun or with force. Jesus Christ is the power you need. Jesus Christ is the only one that can deliver you from the stuff that we're talking about this morning. Machine guns is not going to deliver you from this evil present world. You know what you'll do when you show up with a machine gun to deliver yourself? They'll shoot you with their machine gun. Please turn to Romans chapter 7. You need a deliverer. And might I give you Jesus Christ? Amen. Might I present to you Jesus Christ as your deliverer? You're captive. You're captive. Look at, look at Romans chapter 7 verse 5. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. We're bringing all this sin and doing the law. It's bringing about death. But look at verse 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Guys, Jesus Christ will deliver you from the curse of the law. He's a deliverer from the curse of the law. God has got a law that he's placed on mankind. And just 10 of them are called the Ten Commandments. And I'm here to tell you, that's a curse unto you. You got to do all those Ten Commandments. You mess up one of those Ten Commandments, you've broken them all. You can't just keep one of them and say, oh, I can't do all nine, other nine of them, but I kept that one. Don't work in God's eyes like that. That law is a curse. The Bible says that law is a schoolmaster to bring you to Jesus Christ. It's to show you that you're a sinner. It's to show you that you can't be right. It's to show you that you need a savior. It's to show you that you need a deliverer. Amen. And that God's going to deliver you. It's to show you that you're rotten and no good. And I'm here to tell you, you're rotten and no good. <laughs> and that law is a curse to you. Y'all should get it. If there's any of these you should get, you should get this one here, right? You're living in a country that they make a new law every day. Every season you turn on, there's some new law. There was a time, guys, if you were driving 55, the law said 55. If you were doing 75, they would have thrown you in jail and locked away. You would have been. And what happened? They changed the law, made it 75. Where that curse has been removed. Now you're doing 75, not worried about anything. See, the law is a curse. And the more cursed the nation gets, the more laws it gets. Because see, what laws do, laws take away your liberty. That's all they do. And we need laws. But the more laws a nation gets, the more cursed it is. There's nothing to me that's more cursed than going down to the courthouse <laughs> to get tags. So I go down to my local courthouse, dun, 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 go in the courthouse. What do I find now? A metal detector. It's getting so bad, I'm expecting German shepherds at any time. <laughs> really am. You go in the courthouse, and, whoa, 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 whoa. just come up with German shepherds, you know, and there'll be a spotlight up there. And it'll be like a machine gun nest up there, you know, and they'll all have their little Nazi helmets on looking at you, you know, and you're like, uh, I just need to get my tags. We'll go on there to that door over there. <laughs> German shepherds, you know, on chains after me, you know. And I go in to get my tags. And I go up there and you go up to the counter and you say, I just, I got this. I want to pay for this. I want my tag. And what do they do? We need to see proof of insurance. You start getting the shivers, you know. Uh, I think I know I got insurance. You don't have insurance? Where's your insurance card? And they look at you like you're a murderer. We need to have proof of insurance. And you start looking around there and all those ladies in the, in the clerk's office, they're all staring at you like you're a murderer or something. And you start thinking, I think I'll just try to fight my way out of here. <laughs> yeah, you think I might just have to fight my way out of here. Then you look over at that one clerk that's by the door and she, got to, she has a face that looks like it could take a punch. You're like, no, no, I better, I better calm down. I better, I, better, I better calm down. I don't want to get beat up by a woman. That'll really ruin my... My testimony, you know. So I, I, I think I have it out in the car. So they let you loose. 
You go, eh, and then whoa, 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 there's the dogs, the German Shepherd. You go back to the metal detector. You go back outside. You go in your car. You're digging around through all the junk that you got shoved in your glove compartment. And there's the insurance card. Amen. Yeah. Woo. Praise the Lord. You go back in there. Whoa, 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 whoa. German Shepherd. Whoa, 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 whoa. Metal detector. Nee, 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 nee. You go through there. And it's, all you want to do is do what they want you to do. You go back up to the lady that's about to kill you because you didn't have an insurance card. And you say, you smile and you give her that wicked smile. You say, here's my insurance card. And you drop the insurance card in front of her. And you say, now I need to pay my tags. And you have a check that your lovely wife's written for you. And you had that thing. And what does she say? Now, now, now we need to have proof that you've got your inspection sticker. Yeah, I got my inspection. It's out in your car. <laughs> so you have to go all the way back out the car. You got to get that little sticker, that they, the little piece of paper showing that you have your inspection sticker now. Go all the way back in the courthouse. So now what do you got? You got your papers for your tags. You got your check for your tags. You got your insurance card. You got this piece of paper showing that you've got, you got your car inspected. You got all of this. This is all the laws they got for you. You lay that all in front of her and you're like, yeah, now what do you got to say about all that? And she looks at your check and she says, you, you know, you're going to owe me more money. What do you mean? Well, you got to pay the other $7 that you didn't pay when you had your inspection done. If you haven't had to deal with this, please pray before you go to the courthouse. I don't want to come bail you out of jail. Point is, that's a curse to you. That should be a curse to you. Knowing that's a curse, you should understand that Jesus Christ delivered you from the curse of the law. The law is a curse to you. And he delivered you from the curse of the law to the joy of grace. Amen. Praise the Lord. That Jesus Christ is delivery, delivery from all this nonsense of the law, and you've got liberty in Jesus Christ. And it only comes through Jesus Christ. He's a deliverer of the, from the curse of the law. And he delivers you to the joy, the joy of grace. Let's move on to the next one. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Jesus Christ is going to deliver you from the curse of the bondage of sin. Jesus Christ is the deliverer from the bondage. Are you in sin? Are you having some problem with sin? Jesus Christ will deliver you. Amen. Amen. He'll deliver you. And the only reason you're not delivered is because you're not letting him deliver you. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your sin is. But I can tell you what they would do about 40, 50, 60 years ago. They'd have these big tent revivals. And in these big tent revivals, people's lives were changed. People would have, people literally would go to these tent revivals. They would own liquor stores. And after the tent revival, they would close their store down, give up their business for Jesus Christ. People's lives were changed. And when you would go to these big tent revivals, like Lester Roloff would hold. When you go into these tent revivals with Lester Roloff, you know what you'd have a big old sign on the front of these tent revivals. And that big sign it said, Jesus Christ is the answer. Christ is the answer. Jesus is the answer. So I'm here to tell you, I don't know what sin you might be dealing with. I don't know what kind of problems you might be dealing with in your life, but I can tell you what the answer is. Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ is the answer. He'll deliver you from bondage of sin. He delivered me. Are you completely free, brother? The problems I have is with Brother Keaton, not with Jesus Christ. I fight myself. I don't fight Jesus Christ. I fight myself. But Jesus Christ will deliver you from your bondage of sin. Let's see something else that Jesus Christ delivered us from. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Look what else he's delivered you from. You need to be delivered from verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Amen. 
Jesus Christ has delivered us from the power of darkness. What is that, Brother Keegan? That's the powers of darkness. That's Satan. That's unclean spirits. That's what the world calls demons, devils. He's delivered you from that. That's the, that's the one main thing the world doesn't get and Christians forget about so easily is that there's an unseen, spiritual, supernatural battle going around us at all times. And just because we can't see it don't mean it's not happening. And I'm afraid if God was to open our eyes this morning, what would we see be taking place around us? As angels and demons might be fighting. As some spirit might be just hovering over you, wanting to get a hold of you. Wanting to sift you like wheat, like Jesus Christ said. There's a spiritual darkness. There's powers of darkness in this world that Jesus Christ can deliver you from. When you look in the world and you see all this craziness, sexual perversion and just wickedness and murders and unnatural hatred, it's nothing more than demon possession and unclean spirits and the devil working in this world. It's the powers of darkness. And we forget about that. We, how can somebody be so wicked as to do something like that to their own child? And we need to remember, when the devil gets involved, it's wicked, it's nasty, Amen. it's filthy, it's the powers of darkness. But Jesus Christ can deliver you from that. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he does deliver you from those powers of darkness. You can plead the blood of Jesus Christ on your life. You can plead the blood of Jesus Christ when the devil gets after you. The old preacher was preaching and he said, he said, I had a dream. And in that dream, the devil was after me. He goes, and I ran into the church and the devil followed me into the church. He goes, I ran and got behind the pulpit and the devil ran and got behind the pulpit with me. He said, I ran and jumped in the baptistry and the devil ran and jumped right in there with me. He said, but I ran and jumped under the blood of Jesus Christ and the devil couldn't follow me. You need the blood of Jesus Christ. You need it to cover you. You need to pray the blood of Jesus Christ on your life. You need to pray the hedge of protection of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because there's powers of darkness running in this world. And if you don't believe me, just turn on your TV and see all that wickedness. Know that that's the demon possession. That's demon influence. That's the devil running through this world. But Satan has been defeated by Jesus Christ. And the powers of darkness have no power over the blood of Jesus Christ. He's delivered you. He is a deliverer. Me and my wife, we went to this restaurant that, that I like. And I told my wife, let's go over there. And we had to drive a pretty good distance to get there. And we went over there, and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon when we went over there. I don't know if you remember what restaurant I'm talking about. About 2 o'clock in the, I mean, it was 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We go over there. This is Saturday. We go over there. We walk in, and there's no lights. And I'm looking around, and they take and seat us over here at this, over here, and there's no lights. You can't see nothing. And I told my wife, I said, I guess they got their electricity turned off. <laughs> Couldn't pay the bill, you know. And this other couple came in with the kid and they came sitting over there. There's only like three couples in there. And we ate and you couldn't even see your food. So you know me, I have a big mouth and nosy. We get up to the counter and I say, why are the lights all off? She goes, oh, that's for all the beer drinkers. We keep them, they, they like it low so they can drink their beer. This thing's turned into, and they said it's like a biker bar now. And I'm like, what am I doing in here? You can't drink your beer with the light on? No, honestly, seriously. I love Diet Dr. Pepper, but I don't have to have the light off to drink Diet Dr. Pepper. You ever thought about that? I, I, I love I love Whataburger cheeseburger, but I'm going to Whataburger and say, hey, hey, I'm eating my cheeseburger. Turn the lights down. <laughs> Unless you're doing something wrong. Amen. And the evil hates the light. Jesus Christ says they love the darkness. Their deeds are evil. Those that have good deeds, they love the light. Their people may see what they're doing. I didn't say that. 
Jesus Christ that delivers us. Jesus Christ can deliver you from the darkness until his bright and marvelous kingdom of light. So that's what I, I don't look for a place that's dark. I look for a place that's got light. That's why as long as I'm preaching here, there'll never be curtains on these windows. I want the light. I want the light shining in. I want bright light. I hate, I've gone into churches. It feels like you're going into a cave. And I can't stand that. I want lights. I want lights on. I want the Brenda's open. I want bright light. I want the Lord's light to come in here. That's what I love. And that's what I'm looking for. And Jesus Christ can deliver you from the power of darkness and take you into the kingdom of his bright kingdom of light. Amen. One more. Look at one more with me. Look at Thessalonians chapter 1. Just a couple pages over. Look at Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. The last one. This is the main one you need Jesus Christ to deliver you from. If you're in here this morning, or if you're listening to me and you're not saved, you don't know Jesus Christ, this is the one you need him to deliver you from. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10. And this is what we're doing. And to wait for his son, that's Jesus Christ, from heaven. We're waiting on Jesus Christ to come from heaven. Amen. Amen. All right, second coming. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, and he definitely did raise him from the dead, even Jesus, this guy's name is Jesus I'm preaching about, which delivered us from the wrath to come. There's wrath coming. Yes, no doubt. I'm delivered from that wrath thanks to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the deliverer of the captive. I'm here to tell you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, God's wrath abideth on you. John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth not is condemned already because he's not believed on the, on the name of the only begotten son. The wrath of God abideth on him. John chapter three, verse 36. God's wrath's on you, but you can be delivered from that Amen. by Jesus Christ because he's the deliverer. He's the Chuck Norris. He's the mighty mouse. He's the underdog. He's the superhero. He's all of that. They can't compare to Jesus Christ. Because see, they can't deliver you from this stuff. Only Jesus Christ can deliver you from the wrath to come. The problem is, is that the world doesn't believe that God's wrath's on them. God's wrath's on this world's system. God's wrath's on Satan and his followers. And God's wrath's on all them who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I've got scripture to back that up. So if you're in here and you're listening to me and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, God's wrath's on you. But I got good news. I'm a preacher of the gospel. Gospel means good news. I'm a preacher of the gospel. I got good news. Jesus Christ will deliver you from that. He delivered me. He delivered Brother Ronnie. All these Christians in here that have accepted Jesus Christ, they've been delivered from the wrath to come. How'd they do that? They took Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their deliverer. He does deliver. You're captive. A captive is captive. You can't do nothing. You're bound. You're not going to go nowhere. You're not going to be released until somebody comes and gets you. And the only one who's going to be able to get you out of this captivity is the Lord Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. People say, ah, oh, Brother Keegan, the wrath of God, the wrath of God. I don't believe God's wrath is coming on man. I don't believe God. Let me read you something in closing. This is Revelation chapter 6. This is after the church is raptured out. God's pouring out his wrath on mankind. Look what that says here in, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 16. And this is what they said. And said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us 
These people are yelling, they want to die, fall on us. The rocks and mountains fall on us and hide us. Where do they want to be hid from? From the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They're screaming, die, I want to die. They want rocks to fall on Why? Because of the wrath of the Lamb. That's Jesus Christ. Verse 17, for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? Who should be able to stand? If you want to try to stand before God in his wrath, it's a free country. You have a free will. You can do whatever you want to do. But as for me, I want to stand before God with my Savior Jesus Christ and deliver it. I'm a captive. I was a captive to my own sin. I was a captive to the law. I was a captive to Satan. I was bound in my sin. I was bound by the law. I was bound by Satan. And my sweet deliverer, Jesus Christ, came in and delivered me. And now I know that I'm delivered from the wrath to come. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.